Joel 2 verse 12. But there's also this. It's not too late. God's personal message. Come back to me and really mean it. Come fasting and weeping, sorry for your sins. Change your life, not just your clothes. You know what God's saying there? I don't want religion. I want relationship. You just change your clothes and make yourself feel feel good on the outside. It didn't change anything on the inside. God's not looking for behavior modification. God is trying to do life transformation. Church people change their clothes. Grace people change their life. God didn't invite you into a religion. He has invited you into a relationship. So God's saying to you, stop changing the outside. I'm trying to deal with the inside. You just change your clothes, nothing in your world changes. Verse 13, change your life, not just your clothes. Come back to God, your God. And here's why. I love that God's given us a why today. God is kind and merciful. He takes a deep breath, puts up with a lot. All the moms that are listening, like, you know, you know, I put up with a lot too, you know. Man, I relate with God right there. Put up with a lot. Well, so do I. Puts up with a lot. This most patient God. Extravagant in love. Always ready to cancel catastrophe. You know, we live in a culture that's ready to cancel any mistake. And so is God. But God cancels it with mercy. He cancels it with love. You're like, I hate cancel culture. Aren't you grateful that you're a part of God's kingdom cancel culture? See, because this world wants to cancel you. God wants to cancel your bad decision. God wants to cancel a bad relationship. God wants you ought to clap in your house right now like the ministry center. Because God's cancel culture is better than the world's cancel culture. Who knows? Maybe he'll do it now. Maybe he'll turn around and show pity. Maybe when it's all said and done, there'll be blessings full and robust for your God. I love that. Listen to that first line again. But there's also this. It's not too late. Hey, hey also consider uh, today, it's not too late. It's, in fact, God's saying to you, it's never too late. Have you considered you've made a catastrophe of your life? You've made a mess of the mistakes. There's all kinds of baggage in your world. There's all kinds of brokenness in your home. It's not too late. Consider this. God who's kind and merciful and loving and cancels out your debt. That's second chance faith. Second chance faith is like, man, I don't know how I messed up again. I don't know how I keep doing the wrong thing. But thank God I woke up to fresh grace, fresh mercy, and a second chance. Come on, put it in the chat right now. Put second chance faith in the chat right now. God is giving you a second chance. It's the timing of God. It's the timing of God. Watch here in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. It says, there's an opportune time to do things, a right time for everything on the earth. 
There's an opportune time. God is giving you an opportunity today. It'll be there tomorrow again. But it's a fresh opportunity you woke up to. It's a new chance you woke up. It's a new beginning. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Today, your legacy starts. Today, the new you, you're saying hello to. Come on, it's, there's an opportunity. I heard, I heard someone say one time, and there is truth within this statement. I heard Lyndon Ravenhill say one time, opportunities of a lifetime must be ceased within the lifetime of the opportunity. Opportunities of a lifetime. Like, man, if you got in early on Uber or you got early on, you know, some, if you got on Robin Hood at the right time and hooked up with some GameStop, Somebody clap in the chat if you wish it was you. <laughs> Opportunities of a lifetime must be ceased within the lifetime of the opportunity. And that is true with business, but that's not true with grace. That, that, that is true with opportunities of a tech startup, but that is not true with you getting your life right. Because the opportunity of a lifetime is here today, it's here tomorrow. We serve a second chance God. And so I feel like God is saying to you and God is saying to me four things. Usually we'd have phrases, you know, like write this down. It's going to give you four words that God is speaking over your life. And the first word, write it down today, is the word now. Now. God is saying now. Now is the time. Now, it's, a now, it's a now season. It's an, in, fact, in fact, I'm going to show you two verses where God says now. Ecclesiastes 12.1. This is one of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible. It says, Ecclesiastes 12.1. Remember now, your creator, in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. What does the Bible say? Remember now. It's a now God. It's a now time. It is a now season. It is a now year. Come on, clap. Come on, right there. Just all cap, now. Right now, God, it's a now time. Remember now. What's the Bible saying here? Remember now when you're young and you're naive and you're simple. Remember now, God. That's why I'm so excited about Zoe Youth. Anybody else? <clears throat> Anybody excited about our youth ministry? Because, listen, we want to reach young people before we have to rescue young people. And so remember now, your creator, in the days of your youth, I think, statistically speaking, 84% of decisions made for Jesus Christ happened before the age 18. Because this is biblical, Ecclesiastes 12.1. Remember now, your creator, in the days of your youth, before the difficult days draw near. What are the difficult days? Well, Solomon says here, I have no pleasure in them. Why? Because now I got bills. I got kids. I got a minivan. I got to pay for this, that, and the other. My back hurt. My knee hurt. I'm just, I'm, these are the difficult days. So the Bible's saying, remember now. Get your life right now. Maybe you missed your opportunity and you're older and you say, I didn't serve God in my teens. I didn't serve God in my 20s. That's all right. It's still a now word. Now is the time. Now is the opportunity. Look at Hosea. Watch Hosea 10, 12. I love this. Sow righteousness for yourself. Reap the fruit of unfailing love. Break up the unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. What is the Bible teaching us? He's saying it's a now time. It is time to seek the Lord. 
I like, I like building into, into our kids' rhythm and routine. I like building predictability. And so we like to go straight from dinner time. We have at dinner time, we talk about highs and lows. What was the high of your day and the low of your day? We do this predictability. We go straight from dinner into baths, okay? We do bath time. We go straight into the pajamas. They get all the lotions and the little oils. Man, we are an oil factory up in our house. So they get all the oils all from the head. They get anointed every night. So they get the oils. They get the oils from Christ. And then, and then we put them in their bed and we read books. So it's, it goes dinner, bath, oils from Christ, books, bed. It's, it's, it's dinner time. And then it's bath time. And then it's brush your teeth, oil time. And then it's book time and, and bedtime. I want to tell you, it's, it's time for you to get right. It, it, it's, it's, it's time for you to say, I'm getting my life right. I'm getting my morality right. I'm getting my values right. I'm getting my relationships right. I'm getting my mind right. I'm going to get my soul right. I'm going to get everything right. It's time. Remember now, your creator. It's time to seek the Lord. You hear what God is. That's why the Bible literally says in the book of Hebrews, today, if you hear the voice of the Lord, harden not your heart. Because God is trying to speak to you today. And today he says, now. Now is a perfect time. Only a fool waits for perfect conditions. But the, but the person that hears the Holy Spirit says, I got I to gotta call them today. I got to repent today. I got to confess my sins today. I got to surrender to the love of God today. Come on, clap today in your home and thank him that he is saying now. So the first word that God says to us is now. I feel like if we were playing family feud and we're talking about second chance faith, we'd say, do I see now? Bing, it would come up now. And then if I was one of the family feud, I wish I had enough time to create the family feud in the background because I would love to be the host of that show. And the next, the next one, the next one, do I see a come? Write down the second word today because this is what Jesus always says. Jesus always says, come follow me. Come all those who are weary. Come all those who are heavy laden. I will give you, but the, listen, now is the time, but you can't stay there on the couch. You can't stay there in your pain. You can't stay there in all your bitterness. You, it, it, now's the time, but you've got to come to Jesus. Oh, I love Matthew 11. Watch this on the screen. Then Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. See, see, the, the thing you have to realize is that God is not uh, parading around you telling you now's the time, now's the time, now's the time. God is, the, listen, God is not emphasizing the timeline. He is emphasizing his invitation. God is not making much of the, 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 now. He's not in a rush. He wants to emphasize, listen, today's a great day. And all you have to do is come. 
I always think about the prodigal son. You know the prodigal son. If you don't know the Bible, it's an amazing story about this son that wanted his inheritance early. So he goes to his dad, and he's basically like, Dad, I'm out. I don't, I don't want any part of your house anymore. I don't want any part of you. I want my stuff. And he bails out, and he goes down the road, and he loses all of his inheritance, partying, living it up. He's just like, you know, he just goes crazy, Lo- loses all of his money, all of his morals, all of his mind. He wakes up one day in a pig pen in a mess. Have you ever woke up one morning and you're like, how did I get here? How did I make such a mess of my life? How, how am I sitting in the mud right now? Have you ever been there before? That's how he woke up one day. But the Bible says as he's sitting there, he hears in his heart, now is the time for me to come back home. He hears in his spirit, you know what, I'm messed up, I'm broken, I'm in the worst place, but I hear God saying, today is the day for me to come home. See, the problem is, when you're not listening to what God says, you think you deserve the mud. You earn the mud. You're, you're nothing but mud. You, you messed up. You made a mistake. You are a mistake. You're the worst sinner. Stay down there. But God always says, no, no, no. Now is the time for you to come back to your house. Come on. Thank God today. I hear him saying today. I hear him saying now. And I hear him saying, come home. Luke 17, watch what it says, sorry, 15, verse 17. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying in hunger. I will go home to my father, and I will say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me in as your hired servant. The first thing that you notice right there is that this boy came to his senses. Second chance faith comes to the senses that it doesn't make sense. I don't deserve it. I don't earn it, but I know God is good. He goes, I, 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 I'm, I'm tired of the mud life. I'm tired of smelling like sin. I'm, I'm tired of living in this shame. I'm tired of feeling condemnation. I hate how icky I feel on the inside. I can't stand the duplistic, the deviant tendencies I have. I don't, the, I don't feel good about me. I, I'm, he came to his senses. I'm going home. God is saying to you today, now come. Now Come, write down the third one, more. He starts with now. It's a good time. Today's the day for you to come home and get right. And the reason why, what did the prodigal son say? Because it's better at home. There's more in God's house than there is in this pig pen. There's more with God's plan than there is with my plan. There's more with what he has in store than what I've been living in. I want to convince you today there's always more with God. There's always more with God. God's not done with you yet. It ain't over yet. I know somebody at your workplace said you're done. I know somebody in your family said you're canceled. I know somebody on social media said you're the worst. But I hear heaven say there is more. There's always more with God. 
there's always more with God. There's just when you think it's done, just when you think it's over, just when you think it's it's gone and dead and done. No, God shows up in a pig pen. God shows up in your plasma today. God shows up on your cell phone. God shows up on your iPad and said, I've got more in store. I've got more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. I've got more than you ever beg, borrow, and steal for. I've got more than your parents ever prayed for you. Somebody clap and get some faith today. There's always more with God. There's always more with God. There's always more with God. Watch Joel chapter 2. I love this verse right here. It says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. What is the Bible saying? There's more for every generation. There's more for every single walk of life. It's not for young people. It's not for people in their 40s or 50s. It's for people of every generation. There's more. Our young people shall prophesy of the future. And our old people will dream of the future. Why? Because God's not done. What is he saying? Now come more. My mom told me growing up, the first word I ever said was the word more. Because your boy loved to eat. Crushing that applesauce. More. First word. More. Just threw that out there. Stop laughing at me at your house. Just stop. I, I, I wonder if you would just allow me to convince you what God is trying to say over your life. He's not, it's never too late. He's not done with you yet. And he sent you to this service he sent you to this message to get into your spirit. Now is the time for you to come to my house. And I've got more in store for you than you ever imagined. I, I hope you can feel the Holy Spirit trying to tell you, you will prophesy of your future and you will dream about the ways that God will use your family and the ways that God will use your life. You are not a, a mess. You are not a disaster. Listen, God is going to turn your test into a testimony. He's going to turn your mess into a message. He's going to turn your pain into your platform. I feel the Holy Spirit prophesying over somebody right now. God's not done with you yet. Now, 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 come, come more. Now come more. Now come more of the Holy Spirit. Now come more of the love of Jesus Christ. Now come more of the promises of God. Now come, now come more, more of God, more, less of you, more of God. I love the story about this lady, and she's in Nain. If you Google Nain, like this morning I was, I was up early, and I was looking for, I was texting with a buddy, I was looking for a place on Google Maps of where he was talking about just so I could get a geographical location of the place he was, he was talking about. This lady lived in a city called Nain. You will not find Nain on the Google map. Nain is in Nowhereville. Nain is in the boondocks. The like, she, she out there in the wilderness. She, she's a widow from Nain. So in other words, she's already lost her husband. She's a widow, and all she has left is one boy. She has one son that's left with her. So she's from Nowhereville. She's lost her husband. All she has is her son. And if life hasn't been cruel to her enough, not only is she a widow, but the Bible says now her son is dead. I, I want to preach to somebody. Life has been unfair to you. Life has, has served you hardship. Life has been cruel and punishing. The woman from Nain, she was a widow, and now her son is dead. And the same day of his death is the same day of his funeral. 
The Bible says that the whole village, she's from a small town, the whole village comes, they're going to go into the funeral and bury him the same day. She's walking in the funeral procession. Her head is down. She's filled with grief and remorse. She's got a hoodie over her head. She's angry at the world. She can't believe my husband's gone. My son is gone. And we're going to go bury him. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes Jesus. What's Jesus doing in name? God knows what you've gone through. He sees your pain. He knows every thought you're thinking. He sees every cry you're crying. Somebody thank him today. I feel like preaching today because somebody needs to know God loves you. He shows up in Nain and he says to the, he says to the woman, the first thing he does before he talks to the woman from Nain, he starts to cry with her. He cries with her. He weeps with her. He weeps with her. Why? God is full of empathy. He is full of compassion. He doesn't get to Nain and go, oh gosh, what do I do now? Shall I be pastoral? No, no, no. Whatever, whatever, whatever you need, he is. Why, why does he have compassion? Because <laughs> he is compassion. Isaiah said he was a man of sorrows, fully acquainted with grief. He weeps with her. Watch what he does. He weeps with the woman. But then he goes to the coffin. And he says to the young man, I say to you, arise. See, the woman needed compassion. But the boy needed resurrection. Whatever you need, he is. He gets up. And he basically showed up in name to say to the lady, Hey, we're not done with you yet. It's not over here. I came to Nowhereville, Nain to let you know you're on heaven's radar. We're watching you and we're thinking about you. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now, but I felt like telling somebody, the Holy Spirit sent me to preach to you today and let you know God's not done. Now, come more. There's more in store. Give them a praise break in your kitchen. Give them a, a shout of praise in your house. God's still working. God's still moving. God's still changing. God's still speaking. I feel like going crazy because of the goodness of God. God is so good. Now, 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 come, come, come more. Now, come more. Now, now, come more. Now, now, now is the time. That today is the day. It is time to seek the Lord. Now, come, come, come. Anybody that's in the pig pen, come. Anybody that's messed up, come. Anybody that's broken, come. Now, come, now, come more. There's more in store. There's more plan. There's more. Listen, some of you are like, this. I'll never recover. Say what? I'm sorry, what? We serve the God that will give you double for your trouble. All the heartache and the tears and the pain and the sacrifice, God, will, he will fast forward the tape and bless you beyond your wildest dreams. Now come more, now come, now come more, now come more, now come more. And write down the fourth one, the last one. The last one is love. Now come more of his love. Now come more of the love of God. Now come, now come more love. It is the love of God. It is the love of God. It is the love of God that changes us. 
Look here, Psalm 86, worship team, you can come. Psalm 86, verse 15. But Lord, your nurturing love is tender and gentle. You are slow to get angry, yet so swift to show your faithful love. You are full of abounding grace and truth. Let me just walk out here with this verse because this one, this one really, really spoke to me. Romans 8, if you, if you never heard about the love of God, if you don't know much about who Jesus is, if you're new to church, this is, this is as good as it gets in the Bible. This is as strong as God will ever talk to you. Romans 8, 38, so now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. See what God's trying to say to you today? There are things that have tried to stop or weaken the love of God in your life. Your addiction, your brokenness, your anger, your disappointment, your frustration, your decisions. And God is saying to you, nothing can weaken the love I have for your life. I've already made up my mind. When you behave poorly, I don't change my mind. When you walk away from me, I don't change my mind. When you live in sin and rebellion, I don't change my mind. There is nothing you have done to weaken my love for you. There is no power above us or beneath us. No power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. It's lavished upon you. It's lavished upon you. It's poured out upon you. It's like overwhelming his love. Because I think there's some people sitting here after 2020. It's kind of sitting down like, what just happened? What did I just do? How did I get here? Church, you didn't go through one crisis. You went through four. Financial. Race. Election. Health. And, and, and in 2020, maybe you ended up here like, I just messed up my whole life. I, I, I think I ruined everything. How did I get here? How did I How did I mess this up? You can hear the enemy whisper into your ear when you're here, stay down. They're done with you. It's over. You can, you can hear the enemy and what the law or shame says, you messed it up. <laughs> I always I always think of home alone. The uncle that's really mean. Look what you did. Some of you feel like that. Look what I did. Look what I did. Look what I did. I did. And God, in his infinite wisdom, 
in his pursuit for your life. Pause this today. He says, not for my kid. Not for you, my child. Now. Come. There's more. My love. The Bible is a story about people like you and I that found themselves here. And God didn't wait for them to come to a temple. God didn't wait for them to get to a church service. God didn't wait for them to come to a conference. Before they ever chose God, God always chose them. I'm thinking about Peter. Peter denied that he knew Jesus three times. And God finds him by the beach, makes him breakfast and says, no, 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 Peter. Now come. There's more in store. I love you. Do you love me? God finds a guy named Saul. He's a Christian killer. He's filled with bitterness. He's filled with anger. He's filled with all kinds of resentment. God finds him on the road to Damascus and he says, no, no, no. Come now. There's more in store. You're going to be a preacher. You're going to write the New Testament. You're going to do signs and wonders. God shows up to Jonah in the belly of a whale. He's sitting there going, I'm messed up. I'm in the belly of a whale. God says, no, 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 no. Now again, the word of the Lord came a second time. Come on, second chance faith. Come on, second chance Christian. Come on, second chance marriage. Come on, second chance believer. Come on, second chance Zoe. You want to stand to your feet today. You want to get a little bit of hope and a little bit of faith because God is for you. Who can be against you? Right there in your home, lift a hand to heaven. Worship God with all you have. Come on, Zoe. Let's worship Jesus. Come on.